Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After 9. How are you, Dave? Oh, very well. It was mid, mid-sip there. I don't know why I decided that was the exact moment I needed to have a drink. Yeah, the red light's on. I, uh, I don't know what you were thinking there, but very. You, you, you live to tell the story. Unprofessional is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you guys, and thank you for downloading After 9. We appreciate it. I'm going to tell you guys a story about what happened to me last night. And, and feel free, because I know I'm a total shit, to judge through this whole thing. But keep in mind, I do feel bad about it. Last night, Dave, (laughs) I was at home and my girlfriend had been out most of the day. She came home and she said, hi, congratulations. And I thought, huh, I don't know what she's congratulating me for, but the nice thing to do seems to be just say thank you. So I said, thanks. (laughs) Just like that. So keep that in mind. Keep that in the back of your mind that he said thanks. Now continue. She went to the kitchen, and out of somewhere, I don't even know where, she pulled out a gift. She brought it to me in the living room, set it down on the table, and said the two words that I least wanted to hear, happy anniversary. Oh, thanks. Remember, thanks? Mm. (laughs) Oh, no. No. (laughs) Normally, that's the the right answer. Oh, well, thank you very much, but... In this case, it was definitely not the right answer. It was like a slow-moving train going toward the cliff, and the tracks are about to run out, and it was just awful. When she said happy anniversary, and and my brain did a quick scan. Huh. Anniversary. Anniversary. Oh, shit. That was what went through my mind. Was it your anniversary of, like, the first day you met, the first date you went on? Did you guys qualify any of that? So did you have this date in mind you just forgot about it or you wouldn't have known that this was the date no i did know because it was in my phone from several years ago that that was the anniversary of our first date Ah. we had met at a wedding it was a mutual friend that introduced us and and i think i think she slid into my dms and we had a little conversation back and forth and agreed that we would meet at this particular coffee shop in oakville on July 31st. I believe the DMs went something along the lines of, hey, it was really nice to meet you at the wedding. And Scott said, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like such a shit. How did I forget that? It's in my phone, for God's sake. This thing is full of technology and reminders, and I still forgot about it. When would when would the most recent time you would have been reminded of it? Like... A month ago, did it ever come up in conversation or did you go, oh yeah, right, that's coming up, with the, uh, coming up at the end of the month, I should remember that, and then just forgot about it? Or would did this completely blindside you and you hadn't thought about this date for a year? Okay, well, in fairness, there was a discussion in June, about a month ago, where we had discussed what we would do for our anniversary. And I remember at the time making a mental note, I got to figure out when that is. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, visit Santa Claus? She's like, nope, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> so... So she's got a gift for me and I've got nothing. And and there's so many different ways, as you know, you can spin that. You could be like, what, silly. I didn't think this was our anniversary. I thought that was our anniversary. I could have done that. I could have just been like, oh, hon, you know what? I, I thought we were at a place where we don't do gifts anymore. I don't think we'll ever be at that place, but I could have gone down that road. There's any number of different ways that I could have played this, but I think the way I did it 
was responsible. I said, I feel like such an asshole, I completely forgot. So you went the honest route. I went the Good honest route, yeah. I, I just straight up admitted, I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I, I feel like an asshole. I don't know what to say. And, and you've been so thoughtful and you clearly planned for this. I don't know if you just went to the LCBO or if you've had this for a month. I don't know. But either way, you were prepared. I didn't even remember it was today. Well, she got you something nice, though. It was a nice bottle of scotch, to be honest with you. I, I love scotch. Yeah, so. it's not like she went in and bought you like a, a six pack of like Mike's Heart or anything like that. Like, <laughs> no, 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 this it was is a like good nice. bottle. <laughs> hey, you like Vex, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that, so that is now how you feel after the fact. Now that you're this exchange has happened, and you're thinking, oh, like, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. So what do you do next then? Do you make it up or do you just say, let's put this behind us and move forward to the next event where I can spoil you? See, and this is what I'm wondering. We even asked the question on our radio shows today. What's the next move here? Do I for, like just pretend is the day gone and, and there's no salvaging this. So I just spoil her for her birthday or Christmas or whatever. Do I now go out and buy something and, and give her the belated anniversary gift do I have to commit some act of penance, for example, and I don't know, go and say 50 Hail Marys and, and go to church every Sunday for the rest of summer? Well, like, I mean, that's a start. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really not sure what I do now. Like, should I actually go out and buy something and be like, hey, sorry, it's two, three days late, but here you go for our anniversary. Or does the gift not really mean anything if you had forgotten the anniversary in the first place? Is it disingenuous? Yes, that's a great way to, to say what I, what's on my mind. Yeah. Do you feel that there is a a salvaging of this moment? And if you're buying her a gift, is it to make her feel better or to make you feel better? That's a great question, too. I don't even know. My head's all over the place, but I actually feel bad. And she handled it so well. You know, I admitted, I'm sorry, I screwed up. This was on me. And And what did she do? She tried to take the pressure off me. Oh, that's okay. Your schedule's off. Cat's on vacation. And, and you were off last week. And and every excuse under the sun. She made them for me. You know you have a winner when she's willing to make excuses for you to you. Yeah. No shit. I mean, she's an angel walking on earth. And, yeah. And for whatever reason, she's with me. I don't know why because <laughs> I am clearly a shitty person here uh, and disorganized at best. So any of the suggestions that came in this morning, did any of them sound like something you wanted to do? Because there was a lot of range. There was take her out to a nice dinner. There was um, write her a heartfelt note. There was uh, take her to a spa uh, cottage take her on vacation to like the uh, a sunny destination like there was a whole lot of stuff in there ranging from a eh, quick stop off and a gift card to you're now going to have to mortgage your future because you're going to take her on some unbelievable experience. Yeah, apparently, because I forgot our anniversary, there's now like a 1,500% penalty that I have yes. to pay. And uh, Oh, sorry, I forgot, but we're going to Cuba. <laughs> the CR, even the CRA is attacking you like, uh, you're going to have to pay extra for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is a bona fide solution. Oh, you forgot an anniversary? Hang on. The CRA wants to talk to you. Tax them. Tax them. You just got jammed. You'd never forget that date ever again. No, no, I wouldn't. And you know what? I probably won't now. Maybe I needed 2023 so that 2024 is better. Maybe. So what do you do? What are you going to do? Or do you want to say because she listens to the podcast? Ah. Uh, 
she doesn't listen as much in the summertime because she's uh, she works in education, and 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 then that's fine. And they turn off their brains for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> they turn off their brains and turn on the oven. That's right. It's great. Uh, no, I I really don't know what I'm gonna do. I feel like I should do something, but to your point. I don't know if it's just me that feels that way. Maybe for her, the moment is gone. Maybe she's just happy with the one up. Maybe this is like a get out of forgetting for ah. free in the future or something like that. And she can always be like, well, in 2023, you fucking forgot. Can you live knowing that she has the upper hand? Absolutely. Good for you. Oh, I am not one of those people that needs to have a win. I don't need a dub or a victory or moral victory. I am good. If you have something on me, you're good. But I, I really don't know now if a gift is going to cut it. Does it have to be an experience? Does it have to be some... Some people said send her to a spa. Other people said take her to a spa and do something as a couple. Yeah, somebody suggested couples massages. And then we're like, but why does Scott get a reward? <laughs> <laughs> he screwed up. Why would... Why do, you, why do you want that? Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know what the simple solution is here. But I, I'm admitting it on the pod. Yes, I forgot. No, I will probably not do that again, but I did forget. Well, you're human. Uh, thank you for pointing that out, too. You're damn right I am. Not a great human, but no, you're human. A shitty human, <laughs> but I am human. Yeah. Uh, quickly, before we move on here, because I want to talk about the cigarettes in a sec, and I, I still want to talk about some of the changes that they're going to be making to education here in Ontario. Um, first off, though, did you see the prime minister yesterday? He said a little fucking Band-Aid on his head. Yeah, what was going on? He came out in Hamilton and he was announcing a $64 million investment to rebuild or restore 215 old homes in Hamilton. It's roughly $399,000 a house. $64 million for 215 houses. Hey, I, I totally agree. We should be working on building more houses, but... That just doesn't seem like enough, you know? Like, could we have put that $64 million to a couple of condo units that would hold a couple hundred people each? Well, you got, you got to make a dent somewhere. And I'm just glad that they're focusing on it. Well, what people were mainly focused on yesterday is why he had a big fucking Band-Aid in the middle of his head. Yeah, and it's a very relatable reason why. The official line is that he was playing with his children on the weekend and hit his head. But... And they want, there was a big butt. Nobody even asked, but they wanted to insist. But don't worry. He does not have a concussion. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like they went, uh, Very specifically, just in case anyone's wondering, there's no concussion. Oh, okay. Uh, what were the kids doing? They, he doesn't have a concussion. <laughs> uh, was there a baseball involved? Or did he bump his head on a, on a swing set? Uh, there's no concussion. Thank you for asking. Uh, next question. <laughs> like it's just, let's make sure everyone knows there is no concussion. I just, I kind of want to know more details. You know, I mean, he's pissed a lot of people off over the last little while, and that's his own doing, but this seems like a fairly relatable story. Like you said, I saw you playing with your kids on the week, your kid on the weekend, and I, you could have fallen at any time. I absolutely could have fallen at any time. It's a nerve-wracking situation to carry a baby around when you don't sleep. <laughs> and kids have a bad habit of of swinging their arms around, and sometimes they let go. Yeah, I could, Maybe he got hit with like a fucking weeble or something. He stepped on some Lego and fell on his head. Could There's got to be a story here. Could have been anything. Could have been... Uh, yeah, a toy that just, just went awry. It could have been a baseball bat and the kids were playing and the bats swung around. Who knows? It could have been any number of things. He could have bumped his head running around playing airplane with the kids 
Any anything could have happened. And I, it's it's great to see those that have made their identity the how much they hate the prime minister. It's like, all right, relax. Like you wake up obsessed every day. It's very weird. It's very weird to be this obsessed about somebody, whether you love them or hate them. But like criticizing him as a, he's a bad parent because he got hurt playing with his kids. Shut up. Oh, I don't see it that way at all. But I, I'm also a dad who remembers playing with his kids. And yeah, it's fucking dangerous. Like they should put labels on kids. You know, yeah. hey, warning, you can go ahead and have one if you want, but you're probably going to end up in the ER at some point. Parents need helmets when Thank playing you. with kids. How bad was it, though, that he needed to keep the Band-Aid on? Because if I know anything about the the Justin, he he's very concerned about his image. And I would think that he would look in the mirror and see that Band-Aid and say, I'm not wearing the fucking Band-Aid. I don't care if people see a little spot. But it was a small Band-Aid, so... It's all, it looks like he got shot with like a BB gun or something, to be honest with you. Well, what would you have rather him wear it? Like a headband or like a, a hat, maybe a visor? No, I'm just saying he didn't necessarily need to wear the Band-Aid. I didn't think he would want to unless they just forgot that it was on. He could have super pandered because he was in Hamilton. He could have wore a tie Cats hat. Uh, Nobody would have known none, anything the wiser. They would have thought, oh, he's just supporting Hamilton. That's when the tie cats are going to have to deal with a whole no- bunch of nonsense too. Yeah. Oh, you're woke now oh, as a team, aren't I'm you? Canceling my season tickets again. Stop making your hatred for politicians your identity. It's weird. Both it's ways. We- both ways. Both ways. Both it- would love them or hate them. I-, I don't care who it is. It's the same thing with Trump's uh, supporters. Stop making this your identity. It's strange. Twitter's in particular bad for that. Terrible. You know, there's some people that every day I see that. That I hate Doug Ford tweet. He did this to healthcare and education and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll see somebody else who does the exact same thing, but against the prime minister. Two totally opposite people and opposite positions. Same tactic. Same tactic every day. I don't know who wakes up in the morning and thinks, you know what? Just in case he happens to read his Twitter, I'm going to call him a cocksucker. Who does yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Just, but just the anger. Like, stop living like that. It's so weird. It's you, very strange. You take out your frustration at the ballot box when it happens, and and unfortunately, that's the best we got. Although, you know, this occurred to me as I was watching this fiasco of a port strike in BC going on the other day. Maybe, just maybe, organized labor is on to something. Maybe the unions are doing it right. And I'll say it this way. The unions elect a union boss. The union boss goes out and works on their behalf. They negotiate the deals. They negotiate the terms, all that sort of stuff. But just because the elected union boss says, great, we've got a deal, doesn't mean we've got a deal. It's still got to go back to the people to be ratified. And if the people say, we don't like that deal that you just did, the deal is off. I kind of feel like maybe we're at a point where we're so polarized politically that maybe we should have a union-style system. Sure, we'll elect you premier. Sure, we'll elect you prime minister. But every time you make a decision of consequence, it's got to be ratified by the people. And just have a long series of maybe once every two months we have a referendum where you all vote online and ratify some of the shit that's been done in Ottawa or at Queen's Park. Is that not the job of our members of parliament? The people that are supposed to be representing us, not a political ideology, go in and represent the the feelings of your constituents. But that doesn't happen anymore because now it's just line down the middle. You're on this side or on that side. Well, in fairness, though, and this happens provincially and federally, you're more or less silenced. I mean, there's a lot of members of provincial parliament or members of parliament that are real good, skilled, smart people that are pretty in touch with their community. And then they go to 
the House of Commons or Queen's Park and completely sell out their community because they're told you fall in line with what we're doing as a party or we're going to make your life miserable yeah. and then not even support you if you try and rerun. We're going to endorse another candidate. Yeah, see, that, and that's not helpful. No. Because, it's again, it stops becoming about the people that you're representing. And it can't just be the people that voted for you that you represent. You have to vote or you have to represent your entire district. One, whichever way it's cut, you that's your job. And unfortunately, you're right. The game of politics gets in the way of that. So the voices don't get heard at the level that they should. And it's unfortunate because the system should work. But we've decided that we just don't enforce it. Well, we didn't decide the system should change. It was the leaders that decided. And yeah. I mean, hey, uh, you know me, I'll call it fair. This kind of started under Stephen Harper. He was really the one who finally said, hey, listen, this is what we're doing as a party. Either swim in the same direction or fuck off. Yeah, and, and that's not good. No, it's not. But then Trudeau adopted the same philosophy, and he's kept it going for eight years now. And we, the people, are kind of like, what the fuck? I elected this schmuck down here who lives down the street from me to be my elected voice. I tell him, hey, stop with the 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 vax passports or uh, get rid of the photo radar, reform bail. They don't do any of those things. They just go to Ottawa and smile when they're in town. And then in Ottawa, they do something completely different. It's shitty, the system we have right now. And I feel like the people feel helpless. Well, how much do you trust politicians? And this is a perfect example as to why people have eroded that trust. Because you're exactly right. They'll talk to your face, then they'll go to Ottawa and say nothing. I just don't understand how if you are elected to represent, let's say, um, Brantford. If you're the... What up, Brantford, by the way? Yeah, pulled that one out of my ass. Shit. If you are the elected representative for Brantford... And it's very obvious in Brantford that people are struggling and can't afford to pay their mortgage and food bank use is at an all-time high. You're the representative for Brantford. You should be standing up in the House of Commons every single time you get an opportunity screaming about the people of Brantford suffering. Who's doing that? None of them are doing that. None of them, unless they're in opposition, are complaining about what's going on, yet it affects every single one of us. Yeah, and then the problem with the opposition complaining is that nothing ever gets done. Well, you know, the opposition has got a shitty job. I, I once heard a politician, a very well-known one, she told me that your worst day in government is still 10 times better than your best day in opposition. Because opposition really doesn't mean much. It doesn't get you much. You don't get the same resources or the same staff. Some of it, but not all of it. And and opposition, your whole job is to criticize. Well, by nature, you come off looking angry. Well, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. So when you come across as angry about everything that the other party is doing, uh, you're not offering really any solutions. But I would like somebody to criticize their own party. I just yes. want one of these assholes to stand up and say, I'm a liberal. I believe in liberal philosophies. I don't agree with this crazy agenda that this prime minister has, even though I did, I'm a member of his government. I don't agree with the direction we're going in. So when it comes to a vote, I will vote, I don't know, against Bill C-18 or C-14 or whatever it is. But they don't do it. You got to fall in line. It's always unanimous because everybody's got to fall in line and nobody has any balls. Nobody will stand up to these people and say, wait a second here. I have just as much right in this house to speak my voice that you do. And it doesn't matter if you're the prime minister. I'm the elected goddamn representative from Brantford. And I'm, I've got the exact same number of votes that you have. So I'm going to speak for Brantford. And none of them do it. And they don't even understand that they... Ah, never mind. <laughs> Fuck it. They're not even... You know what? They know I'm right. They know I'm right. There's 
I know that there's politicians that listen to this pod every day. And if you are one of those people who's been silenced by your leader and you're not doing anything about that, frankly, I don't understand what you're doing. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And if nothing else, you've got constituents to represent. You have to do that. You have to represent them. Take their voice to Ottawa or Queens Park. Well, public servants has become personal gain. And the game is now, if I can't get ahead, then why bother? I guess. But I mean, it's kind of a shady thing to be completely in, invested in your own personal job security and perks, yeah. i.e. limos driving you around and, and a very small amount of work that some of them do compared to others. I, I just don't understand how your own self-preservation can take the, the lead over what you swore an oath to do. It's very, very frustrating. As of today, it's law, law of the land. Cigarettes manufactured and sold in Canada must have an individual warning on every individual cigarette, not just the pack. You know, not just the, oh, here's what your mouth looks like with cancer in it. It's not like that. Every individual cigarette is going to have a warning label on it. Like this puff contains poison. Uh, This can make you impotent. All that sort of shit. I'm all for deterrence, as many as you can get. My my question for this is, how much does this cost to to do? Is this costing a lot of extra money? Is there any is there any government money that's going into this project? Uh, and if there is, is it a strong enough deterrent? Because I feel like at the point where you've got the cigarette in your hand and about to go into your mouth, the little thing that's written on the paper is probably not going to deter you. No. I don't I don't mean to be negative about it because, like I said, I think any deterrent is great, but I'd like to find out the value of it. I would too. I heard an interview yesterday with somebody from the Heart and Stroke Foundation raving about what great news this is. And and the person doing the interview actually asked some pretty relevant questions like, well, do, do you have any proof that the labels, the warnings on the packs of cigarettes help people quit smoking? And, and no, there is no direct evidence of that. There's anecdotal evidence and we can see the decline in smokers. Is that because of all this extra packaging with the the green mouth and the person who needs help going to the bathroom on it. Is it because of that or is it because cigarettes got really expensive? And Or is it that people have moved to vaping and things like that? Is it because people moved to vaping is a great question. Is it because people have said, fuck it, I'm not paying $17, including tax, for one package of cigarettes. Is that what it costs? 17 bucks, or you can get two of them for 32 if you go to like a Petro Canada or a Pioneer, Esso, it's even more. Wow. Yeah. Really? I, I don't smoke. I had no idea that that's how much that cost. What an expensive habit. It's an expensive habit. <laughs> and, and you know what? I mean, they've done nothing but raise taxes on it. And, and nobody ever stopped and said, well, is this doing more harm than good, raising taxes? I think we all agree government loves taxes. They love to bring in revenue. And if they can get it on a sin tax, like alcohol or tobacco, they're going to take that opportunity every time. That's their little slush fund. Ontario now has gambling money. Every time you need money, you got to find a way to pull it out of the sin taxes. Gambling, cigarettes, alcohol, and cannabis. And they'll keep doing it. Do you remember way back when, you may have been a young fella. When I, I was once a young fella, yes. When Jean Chrétien was elected Prime Minister of Canada. One of the very first things that Jean Chrétien did when he was elected Prime Minister of Canada was lower the cost of cigarettes. He lowered them in an effort to combat the amount of smuggling and contraband that's going on out there. He said, no more. Are are we going to allow people to set up a a little hut in the middle of an abandoned parking lot 
out in the middle of nowhere and sell them by the Ziploc bag and, and sell them by the Ziploc <laughs> bag. He said, we're not doing that anymore. We're just going to make them a reasonable price. The government will still be extremely profitable from it. People will not be paying through the nose, but he did that to combat the illicit cigarette market. Now, did it work? No, it's out of control. In uh, fact, just yesterday, I heard them talking about how the illicit cigarette market is way out of control and they don't play by the same rules as the actual licensed cigarette manufacturers like your DeMauriers and your players and your Pall Malls and all that sort of shit. But who's policing it? Nobody, because it's the illegal black market. So there's no, like, it's obvious where you can get it. If somebody can put up a sign that says cigarettes and it points to an empty parking lot, I, I would think that. Law enforcement could follow that line, too. Well, I, I would think so, but there's a lot of people who know somebody or there's a lot of people who uh, they've gone in on it and there's one person in the group who once a month is going to drive out to uh, a First Nations reserve and buy cigarettes there and bring them back and distribute it. And the cost is is vastly different. Instead of $140 for a carton, you can pay about uh, $40 for a carton. It's crazy, and it's no tax, so people are opting to go that route. If they want to smoke, they want to smoke. Putting a cigarette warning or a warning on cigarettes, in my estimation, is not going to stop a single person from smoking. I'm wondering, is there any cancer-causing chemicals in the ink that they've got to use to print it on every individual cigarette? Did you inadvertently make these even less healthy than they were? Well, they're not healthy at all. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. More unhealthy. Even worse than they are. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just seems like such a misguided thing. And, and the people who are really cheering this on as a major accomplishment are the big two. It's the Heart and Stroke Foundation and the Canadian Cancer Society. I love both of those charities for different reasons. And they do great, great work to help people who are living with cancer and who have been through uh, heart disease and strokes and things like that. Can't say enough great things about them and the volunteers who work from them for them. I don't want them making policy, though. You know, is that how this works? You know, uh, uh, it's the Heart and Stroke Foundation here, Mr. Trudeau, and there's still people smoking out there, so we want you to put a label on every individual cigarette. I don't know where the idea came from, so I can't even speak to that. I can't either. It's just they keep throwing this shit at the wall, and it's like nobody asks, is this actually going to work, or are we just doing this for the sake of doing it so we can say we did something? But that's why I ask those questions off the top. Like, what does this cost? Where does the money come from? Like, is it going to be... Uh, incumbent on the manufacturers and they're just going to have to spend the extra money. I don't know. In, in I, most cases, that is the case. Uh, all right. Well, like I said, I'm all for deterrence of any sorts, I guess, at any stage. And it would be hypocritical for me to say, well, don't put the, the writing on the on the actual cigarette then. Um, if it stops one person, then great. But I understand what you're saying. Does it and will it? Yeah, I just think that these people are living in some sort of a fantasy land to think that these gross images on a pack of cigarettes didn't work and don't work. They won't acknowledge it. And all they've got is, at the most is anecdotal evidence that it had any effect. So double down on it and make it go on every individual cigarette. I think they love the headlines around the world because it is worldwide headlines. Canada now requires a warning on every individual cigarette. Well, there's probably people around the world that are thinking that's great. And there's probably people around the world, just like here, that think it's stupid. I happen to be in the latter category because I really don't think it's going to make a difference. I just think that it's very misguided to even try this shit. Leave it alone. Help people quit if they want to quit. Or get out of the way and, and make certain resources that help people quit more readily available. Maybe it's more of an education process. This isn't educating anybody. It's just really wasting everybody's time. And it's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole when it comes to the amount of people smoking. Maybe that's what they need on the cigarettes is, is some educational materials.
write that on the cigarette. <laughs> Let's see how good your vision is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, put it this way. It's, it's kind of like the impaired driving argument. And, and Mothers Against Drunk Driving, again, another great cause and a great charity. But many people are critical of the fact that Mothers Against Drunk Driving will usually use their money to advocate for more strict penalties for drunk driving. Most people would agree it's not the penalties. That's already a big enough deterrent. They think they're not going to get caught. They think they won't get caught. That's the main thing. I'd much rather any funding that goes towards impaired driving not be used to lobby politicians. I'd like to see it fund more ride programs and actually on the ground catch people. Mm -hmm. That, to me, would be much more effective than, than constantly lobbying politicians and taking them out for lunch and playing golf just so you can get the law changed from .05 to .06 or something like that. Actually, I guess it'd be lower, 0.04. Yeah, the other way, yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, you get the point. Uh, I just wish that, that we would actually talk about actual outcomes. And, and if anybody in, in Parliament had stood up and said, I think that uh, we should put labels on every single cigarette. Is this the first I'd place? love to hear a debate about that. Is this the first place in the world that's done it? Yep. Huh. First okay, so there's, the there's nowhere else to even say, hey, this worked in Sweden or this worked in Norway or something like that that we could point to to say... Ah, this actually does work a little bit. There's some form of a deterrent here. Like I said, if there's any, if it deters anything at all, then I think it's it's worth exploring. But somebody has to be first. Yeah, I just don't think that any other country looked at this and thought this is a realistic mm. possibility. It's just us. Maybe We're, we lead the charge. Oh, maybe we lead the charge. There we go. Well, we'll see if there's any less smokers because of this. Uh, finally, though, there's one more thing I wanted to cover. Yesterday, the education minister said that school boards will now be required to publicly report their teacher professional development sessions. It's one of the first mandates handed down by the minister under new legislation that gives them greater control over school boards. Lecce says the change will help refocus boards on academic achievement, life, and job skills. Boards are going to be required to post details of all PD Day activities on their websites, including the content, who the presenters are, and the resources that are being shared with educators. Why is that's, my only question. Like, why? What are, we, what are we learning from this? That's what I'm wondering, too. So my first thought is, okay, well, there's a big spotlight on DEI right now because of that one company in Toronto that shamed a principal, accused him of being a white supremacist and a racist and everything else. That man ended up taking his own life. He was bullied so badly. And by the way, it wasn't just him that felt that way. It was validated when the WSIB actually agreed with him and gave him money to be on a leave. He was that affected by being called a white supremacist and a racist and, and being bullied in these DEI sessions. And now that particular company is being looked at. Well, that's something that they would likely do during a PD day, their DEI. And I'm wondering how many people are, A, actually going to take the time to read the DEI, to read, sorry, not the DEI, the PD stuff, the professional development that they're learning on PD days. Who's going to read that and why? I don't know why it's so important for people to understand what the educators are being taught. And the reason I ask is because I can't think of any other public sector that has to disclose how they train their employees. It's ridiculous. The I think CRA doesn't do it. No. The, the Health Canada doesn't do it. None of them do it. Nobody is posting what they discuss in their staff meetings. But for some reason, the schools have to do it. Why doesn't the health or why doesn't the education minister do it? He's a public servant. That's an interesting idea. Maybe we should know more about what he does in a day. Why don't you show us your agenda? 
in a day. I don't know. It just it just seems it seems like oversight for the sake of oversight, and it just seems like it's meddling. Well, you know, the part that really bugs me the most is this is really just a make work project for administrators. This is not something that's going to fall on the director of education or those school trustees or anything like that. It's going to go right down to the school level where PD day activities get scheduled. And it's going to be some poor principal or vice principal's job to now share their PowerPoint presentations and then have to check everything to make sure they haven't said the wrong thing because now the public is looking at it. And it's really not necessary. Uh, Part of the problem, too, with having it only online and not part of the PD is there's a lot of context missing. You can show me the PowerPoint where you explained, here's how we teach kids phonics. Here's the PowerPoint where we talk about where the fire exits are and how we're going to do fire drills. But there's a lot of context and nuance from the conversation that you're not going to get in what's just posted on the website. I think this is really going to open up a can of worms that doesn't really need to be opened here. I'm almost wondering if this came from a place of like just disgruntled, you know, the group of people that say things like, Oh, teachers get the whole summer off or, Oh my God, another PD day. Oh God, what are they doing now? And it's like somebody complained enough. Mm -hmm. I made a loud enough noise about it. And the education minister went, yeah, let's, let's, let's make this a lot clearer for people. But again, there's so much missing. You just said it perfectly. There's so much missing in that stuff. The information can be provided, but just because the information is there doesn't mean you know how to decipher it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you know how to read it. It doesn't mean you know what went into this presentation or uh, whatever training that they've had, you don't get to be part of that classroom experience where they may have had an amazing follow-up with questions and answers and learned way more than just the PowerPoint will present to you. So it's, yeah, this is just silly. It's like you're making an enemy. And I don't understand why, especially, I mean, hey, listen, I don't dislike the education minister. I've met Minister Lecce a few times, and he's always been a very nice man. I believe his heart is in the right place. I really do when it comes to education. I just don't understand why the teachers would be singled out in this case. And I don't understand why they think that this is the transparency that people want. Is this over the pride stuff? I know there's a lot of administrators that, and teachers that got asked a lot of questions about pride activities and what are you teaching our kids back in June? That was a story from just over a month ago. I don't think this addresses that, though. No, I don't think so. And if it is a DEI thing, that seems awfully quick to have put that in place. It seems like kind of a knee-jerk reaction. So I can't really figure out where that's coming from. But again, I mean, hey, let's be fair. This is a government that wouldn't even share the mandate letters that was given to the ministers. Those are things that have always been shared in the past. When the premier says to his ministers, you're going to be the education minister. Here's the direction we want you to swim in. They wouldn't make those public. And a lot of people are still questioning why they went to court to protect the the privacy of those. Yeah, what was in there that was so important that you had to go to court for it? I happen to think that they should have the right to keep those private. It's just it's been tradition until now that they typically get shared. So for whatever reason, they wanted to keep it private. That's why kind of it's almost ironic that this rule is coming from this government. Yeah, because they're not exactly the picture of transparency themselves. That's what I mean. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel genuine. It feels no. like there's something else here at play that's that's making this uh, expedite the way it is. What are you guys up to? That's what yeah. I want to know. What are you up to? Well, we covered it on the pod yesterday. I, I don't love a conspiracy theory, um, but this is a head scratcher for me. It's like, well, wait a second. Why? Why? Tell me the payoff here. What is it? Is it just to 
to say, well, now we know what they're doing. <laughs> what do you think is happening on PD days? And, and you know what? It's going to take one one school anywhere in the province, even if it's up in Timbuktu, to post one thing that somebody doesn't like, and the entire education system is going to have to be put up on the hoist again because well, of that. We had a pizza party. You sons of bitches. <laughs> what do you mean you had a pizza party? We or- you ordered in pizza for lunch? I don't get to have pizza for lunch. Flip the whole thing over. See, this is where this stuff begins. It's just, they can do it. It's just, I feel like this can of worms did not need to be opened. And I feel like they will not be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube once this stuff starts coming out. Yeah. And by the way, I tried this morning to put chapstick back into a tube and it doesn't work. It doesn't work either, does it? No, no. It spun too many times in my pocket and just got squished into the lid. It's ruined everything. My my summer's ruined. (laughs) Okay, so funny you should mention ChapStick. It was last week when I was on vacation. I had one, and it was in my golf bag. Totally forgot it was there. Left my clubs in the car. My bag has got a big, like, oily stain on the side of it now, and I don't know if that's ever going to come out. You'll never suffer from chapped bag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. You don't want a chapped bag. No. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. Thank you again for downloading After 9. We'll have another new episode coming tomorrow.